What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know, I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. I'm Izzy, and my guest today is super dope, um, and I'm super honored to have on Queen Leo from New York City, and just someone that, like, if you don't know who she is or anything like that, she one puts on for her people. Um, that's that's like the number one thing that I've taken from the conversations and all the research that I've done about her, and I'm super excited to have her on. So, Queen Leo, thanks for joining me. Hi, <laughs> happy to be here. How's how's the day going? Still pretty early. So <laughs> So basically I really, really am excited to talk about like people who don't do know do know who you are, like understand that there was this thing with Nike that really like put you on the map from a like sneakerhead and everything like that perspective. But I really want to talk about you specifically. Like we can hit on the the Air Max, the ninety eight. Um but I don't want to talk about that too much. I really want to talk about like what you're working on and everything like that. So for the people that are listening who don't know who you are, don't know anything about the the 98 or anything like that, do you want to give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so most people know me uh, as Queen Leo or Gabby. Um, and I won the on-air competition in 2019, I believe, or 18 it was. Um and my sneaker that I designed, the Air Max 98 La Mescla, was released globally, or I call it. And um, yeah, I've been working with them, you know, ever since then. And uh, yeah, if you have the sneakers, <laughs> then you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I've been into sneakers since basically I was born. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this was one of, you know, really put me on uh, to a lot of people's radar that's amazing yeah what do you do outside of that i know you're like you're you're very very involved in a ton of different things but more specifically you're very big on giving back to where you're from um and and stuff like that so talk a little bit about that yes so um i have like i call it my grown-up job um (laughs) i'm a supervisor for pediatrics um for a hospital um, and then on the side, I also do photography, design, um, anything basically creative I am involved with. Um, I'm working with AMPM Gallery in Brooklyn um, as their mm-hmm. CC director. Um, and then I am, you know, on my own working on, I'm not sure yet if it's going to be a nonprofit or like a collective, but yeah. my biggest thing obviously is helping people. Um, even with this whole Nike journey, I was able to bring my friends in my campaigns. If I've had other future campaigns, I've helped my friends be involved in that. Um, so I really like giving back. And I'm from El Salvador. Both my parents were born there. They came to America. So I always want to help um, where I'm from and, you know, everyone in general. But, you know, specifically, I like to start at home and then branch out from there. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really, really dope. And AMPM um, is a future guest of the show too. Uh, oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So 
I am like really excited to talk about uh, something that we we chatted about before, obviously recording this. Uh, when you got the call from Nike, you were obviously excited and everything like that. But one of your friends said, "Like, do you want to blow up like Sean did? Sean yeah. uh, Witherspoon, <laughs> obviously, like one I believe the year year before you, uh, two years before you, or something like that." And obviously, like hit he hit the ground running and everything like that. But you had an interesting response to that you actually said, "I don't want to be like that." Why is it? Yeah, it was funny because that was um, right after I had found out like that I won. We did like a huge like uh, press run, so I was doing interviews like back to back to back, and that was one of the questions that someone had asked me. And I was like, thankfully, they did a PR media training on me because I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been so nice. But no, I mean, the biggest thing, like I said, for me, he. I think, you know, his sneaker is great and everything that he has done. Um, but I felt like he, with all his endeavors, is mostly obviously about himself and trying to brand himself as a right. a thing. But uh, I always just want to help other people. So my thing was, if I even with the sneaker, I was able to get into doors and things where I can open for other people um, that were coming up. So I just want to help other people, even if my name <laughs> isn't like in lights, you know, as long as yeah. I'm type of involved to help people then that's what i'm happy with that's amazing yeah (laughs) so let's talk about something that a lot of creatives struggle with uh and i'm glad you're open to talking about it and (laughs) it's that little thing called imposter syndrome so uh specifically like for me um i struggle like to this day like struggle with this like should i be here should i be doing this am i the right person for this job stuff like that. And as creatives, it's hard when we get like super negative feedback on work or anything like that. And we constantly start doubting ourselves. So how do you deal with that imposter syndrome, like creeping up and trying to get into your everyday? Yeah. So I was happy to talk about this because I feel like I'm the poster (laughs) child for imposter syndrome because even with, um, you know, the competition I I wasn't really gonna do it and my friends were like you know you should do it and even when I did the design I was like I don't know if anyone's gonna like this because I love sneakers but most of the time if they put like polls and they're like which sneakers but I always pick the one that <laughs> no one else does yeah so I feel like a lot of the times my ideas are out there or like you know t- I question it a lot and uh even up to recently you know like I have a lot of designs and things that I want to release and it's i think about every single detail like over and over and over um so it is hard but I did recently see I think it was like an interview or somebody did I'm um, talking about the Simpsons I don't know if you've seen okay. it um but they when they first released their first episode if you've ever seen the drawings compared to now it's insane like the drawings right. were, it looked like a child <laughs> <drew them. laughs> um but it was true because they were saying they're the longest running cartoon if they would have waited to be perfect to what they thought was going to be like the greatest thing, then it might have been like two years or three years. So they didn't wait until perfection. They just released. And then, you know, obviously they have a great following and people grew with them. So I felt like I need to stop uh, overthinking it and just release it. Cause I do have a lot of supporters, you know, the DMS I get and texts and everything. It's like, it really makes me feel like I have to continue to do this to continue to help people love that. Yeah. I really do. I think there's a element of 
having that circle around you that kind of pushes you out of that that kind of guck that is imposter mm-hmm. syndrome like if you get too deep into it you're just like you feel stuck you like i don't know what to do next and um i love that mindset i really do yeah what do you think creatively like outside of imposter syndrome something a lot of creatives actually work or deal with is creative block too and you with obviously your hands in so many buckets i'm guessing you get to a point where you're like okay, I need a vacation. Not think about any of this. Like, or like you're drawing and you're like, I can't think of any, I need to go for a walk or anything like that. Like, how do you deal with that, that creative block? Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is traveling. Um, mm-hmm. I love traveling to all different countries and being able to explore the cultures and really get, not like even the tourist spots. I mean like the real, real town. Yeah. And like being with the people, the food, the music, all that stuff inspires me. So if I'm ever creatively stuck I if I go somewhere new it automatically like I get out of it I'll be like on the plane I'm like oh wait now <laughs> I just go somewhere <laughs> on the plane that like you know so I think that helps me a lot and then reading being around other creatives I have been in places where I've been with imposter syndrome and creative blocks I'm like I don't even want to leave my apartment because right. I'm just like so in a place where I don't want to do anything and then I'll go out and even just having a conversation with friends that are in the creative world makes me want to go home and be like oh man now I have so many more ideas just because the simple conversation that we've had just sparked more ideas so yeah. I think that always helps having creatives around me too Ooh, okay yeah. so here's a question for you I think uh I think I saw this on Twitter if I'm not mistaken honestly I think it might have been Jamerson who tweeted it um <laughs> but shout out to Jamerson that's the whole yes yeah, shout out to him <laughs> um so basically I think the the tweet was something along the lines of it's great having all these creative friends, but then also when you take a break, you feel like you're being left behind. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I feel like that all the time. I mean, like I said, it's very difficult with imposter syndrome because I want everything to be perfect. But then all my friends around me, I have so many creative friends that are in music, design, writing, owning galleries. And I'm like, all right, I have all these ideas, but if it's not real thing that you can actually see or feel sometimes I'm like all right I do feel like I'm getting left behind or I'm not doing enough and it does it's both you know like a good and bad because I feel inspired to want to do more things and kind of get out of those ruts but then when I see such I'm like oh man I really (laughs) need to like pick my stuff up and start you know really moving because you do feel like you do get left behind right exactly okay interesting yeah another twitter question um just based off our conversation, Twitter keeps popping up. Um, you're working, th- it sounds like three different jobs right now. Um, and one is very much not like in the realm of like sitting down and designing or like helping out at a gallery or anything like that. How do you manage your time? Because there's a lot of people out there that like are creatives, but don't know how to manage their time correctly. So either when they decide to create their nine to five ends up not being productive or anything like mm-hmm. that. And then they have to put in for 50 hours the next week to put in uh, the right work for their nine to five. So how do you deal with that whole time management issue? Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> I was going to say thankfully, but it's not a good thing, but I don't sleep <laughs> as much as a normal person probably should. I have insomnia most of the time. So a lot of my creativity does come at night and it's probably you know because I do work 
during the day. So I like, I'll leave work, I'll go like to the gallery or do an event or something else. And then once I get home, it's like 11, 12 at night. And at three, I'm like, oh wait, like, let me yeah. pull out the book and start doing stuff. So it's not the best time management because I know sleep is important <laughs> and rest. Um, but I will say, I feel like a lot of uh, like influencers or um, entrepreneurs get a lot of credit. And I feel like the people that are working normal jobs, like the nine to fives and, and mm-hmm. also doing their freelance thing also need to get a lot of credit because the work that <laughs> freelancers and everybody does, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time, you know, like going out shooting, editing, all these things. So also maintaining a job and doing that, I feel like they deserve a lot of credit as well. Okay. So let's talk about your background a little bit. Originally from El Salvador. And I think I would be almost not doing the family justice if I don't say that like your background and you like, there you go. Your upbringing is I'm guessing like the element of hard work was very much poured into you. And it's very much a Latino, Latina, I, I guess, immigrant thing to like push hard work onto the next generations. So mm-hmm. how did your upbringing really influence everything that you're touching today? Yeah, I mean, I'm very fortunate. You know, my mom, I grew up with a single mom and me and my brother, she, I remember she would come home after working two, three jobs and I never felt like I ever you know, was poor or like missing anything because she worked so hard to make us feel like, you know, everybody else looking yeah. back. I'm like, yeah, we definitely did not. Have <laughs> um, but she, like, if I think about their, and, and not just my mom, like my aunts, every single one in my family has come from El Salvador. I'm first generation. So I was born here, but my yeah. whole entire family came here and the stories they tell of just coming here, like on boats, trains, just to get here, not knowing the language, and then being able to excel in their jobs that they're doing now, giving us houses, food, you know, things that people see as basic needs. But, you know, it's a big deal. You don't <laughs> you come from a complete right. country, don't know anything, don't know the language. So seeing that, I think, obviously helped um, make me want to work harder. And I've always had like two or three jobs. I think just because I saw my mom as an example and I'm like, man, like I have to like really you know work hard if I want to get where I want to get and also my biggest thing is like I always tell her like I'm gonna buy you a house I'm gonna make mm. sure you don't have to work enough stuff because it's like sometimes I feel like I'm like getting emotional thinking about it but like <laughs> I love my mom so much and I'm like I want to be able to kind of like pay her back in a sense you know for all yeah. the hard work and everything and my whole family too that's why you know when I did my designs anytime I do anything it's always you know goes back to my family it wasn't just my mom you know I had the whole community my aunts my uncles so it's always important for me to, you know, give back to them. And I want to be like a good example of, <laughs> of what my family represents and my, yeah. where they're from and everything. It's just like if people actually sit down and think about those journeys that you spoke of, like they're crazy. And like th- <laughs> those should have their own podcast that they literally just tell those stories because even – my grandpa, um, on both sides, both my sets of my, my grandparents were the first generation here. They ended up mo- moving to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to them just about like the whole moving thing, like one grandpa said, yo, my grandpa, my dad literally said, like, if you go to the U.S., you're going to stay there because you're such a hard worker and you're going to get it done. 
the other grandpa was very much like it's crazy but to think about but he's like yeah i used to work as a doorman like 10 sets 10 cents a day i'm like what yeah it's crazy it's just crazy like just hearing all the things like he was a doorman he was a like a dishwasher and then he bartended and it's like that's where we get it from where we're like sitting on a couch at five o'clock or six o'clock and we're like oh crap i have time for another job let me go find one (laughs) my fiance my fiance is white and she's like why do you constantly need to be working we've had this conversation recently and i said honestly i just feel like why not why not continue to like if i like what i'm doing why not continue to work towards a different goal or work on a different job or project or anything like that yeah i definitely agree because even vacations like i keep saying rest is important because (laughs) i don't get enough of it so i know the importance because we do, you know, become accustomed to working hard and doing all these different outlets. But then, you know, at a certain point, you kind of get burned out and yeah. you kind of crash. But even when I go on vacation, like my friends, they want to like lay on the beach and I'm like, let's go find like zip lines or like jet skis. Like, <laughs> I need to do something. I can't just like, it takes like days to like my body to like, relax. Uh, it's bit, I guess it's built in me that I can't like, <laughs> I have to start working or do something. I'm going to go back into the referencing the creatives standpoint. Question I have for you is a reflection question. And it's, uh, where are you playing it safe right now? Where am I playing it safe? I mean, I feel like with my own endeavors, I love, like I said, I love helping people. I always like putting people on, but when it does come to my own creative outlets or projects that I want to put out I do feel like I keep it safe because I am secure you know I have a job where I have income so if I don't do a campaign it's not um the end of the day yeah the end of the day so if I didn't have the job I probably would be going a little bit harder but I definitely do keep it safe in that area um Mm -hmm. putting out projects I'm like I have time you know I can work on them and I still get money and do little campaigns here on the side and stuff like that but I definitely am <laughs> playing it um, for my own stuff. Interesting. Okay. So, all right. So for the people that are listening today that really want to tune into your new work or mm-hmm. just check out like everything that you're up to, where can people find you? Where can people follow along in your journey and just stay tuned into everything you're doing every day? Um, so right now, uh, most of my work I post on Instagram, Queen Leo underscore and why and i remember (laughs) my name is i'm pretty sure that's what it is um i am gonna be doing another instagram with um just my like nonprofit stuff collective stuff when i'm doing uh community work or volunteer work i don't usually like posting those things like i like to do volunteer work on my own but i do feel like there's certain parts where you know i'm gonna need help i'm gonna need um, resources that I don't have. So I want to be able to post and get the community involved. The community has been really, you know, great with everything that I've done. I wouldn't have gotten where I am without my community. So, mm-hmm. um, once I figure that out, I'll make another Instagram just for that stuff. So if somebody wants to help out with that, should they reach out to you via Instagram then? Yeah. Instagram DM. I have my email. I'm always, uh, looking at it. So awesome. All right, so last question I have for you. <laughs> what makes you strange on purpose? <laughs> what makes you... Uh, I, you always ask this question because I've listened to the podcast and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to say. But I was thinking about it, um, you know, like right before I hopped on and I was like, 
I think the thing that makes me strange on purpose is my heart. So mm. everything I do, I lead with love. You know, I've definitely made my mistakes and things that I probably, you know, wouldn't want to do, but I've never let that change, you know, how I help people, how I do my creative projects. I always want to make sure that I lead with love and be, you know, an example for people coming up 